Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word in order to lead us to a personal transformational relationship with God. This podcast series called Philippians, How to Have Joy, was recorded from September to October of 2021, a sermon series by Preset Ministries National Director Mark Sheldrake to a local Ontario church. Now let us listen to Mark's message as he takes us into the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians where through scripture we can discover how to have joy. Hello everyone, this is another episode of Unlocking the Truth podcast, a ministry of Preset Ministries Canada. Mark Sheldrake here with you, so glad that you are joining us as we work through the book of Philippians. Last week's episode, we were in the beginning of chapter 3. This week, we're going to close out chapter 3, which just leaves us chapter 4. And once we get through chapter 4, where are we headed next with Unlocking the Truth podcast? We are going to spend between 8 and 10 weeks going through the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. We're going to look at the seven churches of Revelation and see how those messages to those churches apply to us today. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait to record those episodes. We are back in the studio for this week's episode again. So thankful for Living Hope uh, Bible Church, who has allowed me to record from the pulpit uh, the last number of weeks, but this week we are in the studio. Uh, Let's pray and let's get into God's Word together as we uh, finish up chapter 3. Father God, we do thank you for the opportunity we have to study your word. We thank you for the tool that we have in being able to record these podcasts. We thank you for the internet that we can send these podcasts out over and people can listen to them, whether it be on our app or through the website or SoundCloud or iTunes. Lord, all of these tools uh, for the purpose of furthering your kingdom. Lord, I pray as we look at this week's passage in chapter 3, that you would guide us through the verses. Thank you to those who continue to study and engage in Philippians each and every week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, on this week's episode, we are going to start in a little bit, a couple of verses where we left off in the last episode. Okay, so the first uh, part of chapter 3, we began to look at Paul and Paul's example of the things that he strived for uh, before his relationship with Jesus Christ, how he so he strived to uh, be one of the, he was one of the circumcision and he was zealous to go and pursue the law and know that all he could, he pursued righteousness through works, all of those things, and he had put confidence in the flesh. But now he's come through these con- this comparison, and he says he no longer puts confidence in the flesh. He's, no, he's a part of the true circumcision that comes uh, through Jesus Christ. And he has um, worshipped now in the Spirit of God, as he's told us through. And his desire all through this chapter is to put the relationship with Jesus above anything else that he may have strived for in the past. So what we have here is we're going to start our passage this week. Uh, Technically, the verses I wanted to start at were chapter 12 on to verse 20, or chapter 3, uh, verse 12, on to 21. But we are going to go back and we're going to look at the things that Paul really strived to know. Like, what did he really want to know? And right in verse 10, there's three things that he wanted to know and um, had a great desire to know these things. All right, so first... He's telling us that I may know Jesus. And this is the basis of the entire episode this week is to know Jesus. All right, to truly know Jesus. And so in truly knowing Jesus, there are certain things that Paul is going to want to draw out. And the purpose of knowing Jesus is to become more and more like him 
each and every day. All right, so let's look at the first one. Uh, it is to know him, and he also wants to know about the power of the resurrection. All right, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is in every believer. All right, and so we began to see this laid out for us in chapter 1, starting at verse 2, all the way to verse 23, is what we saw what Christ had done in the lives of the church and what Christ had done in the life of Paul. This is why Paul, because of the power that's within Paul, he can say, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. All of these things that we're seeing here, uh, Paul has this great desire to know. He wanted to know the power that came uh, in this relationship with Jesus. All right, now let's look at the next one that he wanted to know. And that comes, again, it comes in the same verse. He wanted to know Jesus. He wanted to know the power of his resurrection. And he wanted uh, to know the fellowship of the sufferings with Jesus Christ. Uh, that word fellowship in the Greek is the koinonia. It's to share in or participate in the sufferings of Christ. All right, so let's look at this other verse in chapter 1, verse 5, where Paul began to lay out where he was so thankful. And remember the first times we looked at Philippians way back when, a number of episodes ago, we, we talked about how you can find joy in participation of the gospel. And he says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for all of you in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. This partnership is this fellowship that comes when they are together uh, partnering, sharing in the work of the gospel. The Philippians participated in the gospel with Paul. We also see Philippian, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, that we see there is this fellowship that comes, and therefore, chapter 2, 1, therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if there's any affection or compassion, another partnering in fellowship of the Spirit. All right, so in chapter 3, verse 10, it's a joint participation in the sufferings of being on this earth, not only of that of being on the cross. The Philippians were facing opponents. They were suffering for the gospel, and so was Paul. Paul was suffering for the gospel because we know in chapter 1, verses 28 to 30, that Paul was in prison. So he was suffering for the gospel, and that's not the only time we saw that he was suffering for the gospel. We, we've looked at the Corinthians passages and saw where Paul had uh, faced great difficulties for the purpose of the gospel. All right, so Paul wants to know, and it's funny, he wants to know or par be partners in suffering for the sake of Jesus Christ. Okay, so here they are. He, he wants to be found in him, or he wants to know him. He wants the power of the resurrection. He wants the fellowship of his sufferings. And then he wants to be conformed to his death. He wants to become like Jesus in his death. And what we see here in the previous example of Paul is Paul showed us how he died to all of the things that he pursued before Jesus Christ. So every day when Paul woke up, Paul put all of his desires, all of his passions, all of his loves, all of his personal pursuits behind him, and he counted them all as a loss for the sake of the gospel. Not only so was it the things that he did, but he also put his body behind. So his body was not as important as it was to be a participant in the gospel. He was willing to physically die for the cause of Christ. So what we can see here as we walk through this passage is we can look at Paul and we can see, okay, he was willing to die to self. 
he was willing to physically die for the purpose of participating in the gospel and knowing Jesus and being conformed to be like him in death. Uh, I think about this for a moment, and I, and I ponder the fact, because right now in North America, and, and where I'm living right now, I think the greatest kind of difficulty that we're facing continues to be this pandemic. From, from a big picture, in comparison to what's happening to some of the other precept ministries people around the world, uh, there's no comparison to those who are suffering for the gospel in places like China and Ukraine and, and other areas where there are some severe difficulties and the possibility of even facing death for the purpose of the gospel. I don't see that we're having that here in this situation where, where we are in Canada right now. I, I do believe that at some time it is going to come. And so is it hard for us as believers who are living in North America to, to truly understand what it means to be conformed and to be participants in the suffering that Jesus faced? So I wonder... Uh, I know I lead a lot of Bible study classes, and, and a lot of people, when we ask the question, are you willing to die for the gospel? They, the response is, I hope so. I hope that when the time comes, I'll be able to be that person that will be able to say, yes, I will lay down my life for the gospel. Uh, I can constantly remember when I was being a youth pastor in a city just down the road when Columbine shootings happened and, and some of the teenagers in the, in the library were being straight out asked if they were followers of Jesus Christ. And as they were, they were saying yes, they were being shot immediately for their faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, there is suffering where you're willing to die for the sake of the gospel. Are you willing to go out and share the gospel for the purpose of furthering the kingdom of God. It seems here that as we walk through this, if we look at how we can get involved in knowing him more, in knowing Jesus and truly knowing the power of the resurrection, is that we can be participants in the fellowship of his suffering and being conformed to him. These experiences are going to help us to get to know Jesus even more. We can see that Paul, when Paul went through these sufferings, that he had this great desire to know Christ more and more and more. And the more he knew him, the more he was willing to suffer for the purpose of populating heaven and plundering hell. So we can learn to become more like Jesus. We can get to know Jesus when we participate in the ministry, when we suffer for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and when we are conformed to him in fellowship and partnership together. These things will teach us about Jesus. All right, now let's continue on and, and look what he says. Okay, so verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. And then in verse 11, in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. All right, to the attain to the resurrection of the dead, uh, spiritually, okay? If we look at this spiritually, prior to Paul meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus, even though he was so zealous for the law and he was the righteous of all the righteous, he, he was thriving and striving to be the best at that. He was spiritually dead. He, his old life was spiritually dead. He, there was this block that there was no way, there was no sacrifice or any action that he could do to obtain salvation. It was only through the blood of Jesus Christ that Paul would be truly saved. That is the same for us. All right, so what he had to do, and what we see here is he wants to attain to the resurrection of the dead, all right? So spiritually, he had to die, and then he put on Christ, which was very symbolic of the resurrection. Think about the baptism, how baptism is symbolic of burial and resurrection into new life. Physically, Paul, 
if he were to die, and he did die, that when Paul died, he would be physically resurrected from the dead. And if you want to know more about that, you can come and study the book of Revelation. All right, so these are uh, some interesting um, verses to look at with many interpretations, but really what Paul's desire is here, that he may attain to the resurrection of the dead, that he may have new life in Jesus. Uh, Spiritually, he has new life, and one day again, he will have eternal life with Jesus. All right, so now let's look at this uh, when we walk through the passage that we want to, to really study now. This sets the standard of Paul wants to know Christ. He wants to experience and know the power of the resurrection. He wants to fe- fellowship in the sufferings, and he wants to be conformed into his death. This is partnership in ministry. And now in chapter 12, in verse 12 of chapter 3, he says, Not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I laid hold of Christ Jesus. Uh, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. All right, so let's look at this for a moment, okay? Because this is the Apostle Paul. Like, we are looking at this, and Paul Paul constantly says, and I've said this through the podcast already, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul is an example. Paul's one to that we can look up to and go, man, I would love to suffer the way and suffer with joy the way that Paul does. I would love to have that response. I'd love to have the boldness and the courage that Paul has to go and preach the gospel in places it had never been preached before. I want to be able to be a person that sings and praises in jail when I'm arrested for the gospel. These are all the things that we look at Paul, and we we hold him up to this bar, and we go, wow, that's the Apostle Paul. That is absolutely amazing. And yet the Apostle Paul lays out for us right here and he says, I am not perfect. I have not obtained the all of the things that he's just mentioned before. I have not attained the resurrection from the dead physically yet. I haven't, haven't experienced that. I don't have eternal life. I have a new spiritual life in Jesus compared to the old life, but I am not in heaven. I am not perfect I am not sinless, and I have not arrived. That's the Apostle Paul. He's still striving, just like you and I are. When this is written, he's still striving to be more and more Christ-like every single day. This is what we have to do. We have to continually renew our mind, refresh our mind, get into the Word of God, study God's Word, Allow God's word to wash over us to the Holy Spirit to point out sin in our life that we must get rid of to be able to become conformed to Jesus, to be more and more like him each and every day. So what he's saying here is, I haven't got there yet, but I press on toward the goal. What is the goal? What is the prize? What is the finish line? Well, according to chapter four, chapter 3, verse 14, The prize is the upward call in Jesus Christ. I've got written in the margin of my Bible that the prize is being Christ-like. All right? So where we even saw where Christ was the example of being humble and coming to the earth to 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 sacrifice himself uh, for others, that, that example, our desire, our hope, our goal is to be more Christ-like each and every day. All right, so Paul, what he says is he's not obtained it or he's not complete. Okay, so I've not, he's, he says I'm not perfect, which perfect has a different meaning than you and I. Perfect, what we would understand as a 10 out of 10 on a math test, perfect is mature. It's complete and mature. So what does Paul do? He presses on to make himself more and more like Jesus. This is the goal. If there's no, this or there's no greater goal 
then to be Christ-like. All right? Now, look what he does. Okay, so chapter, verses 13 and 14 tells us the things that he has to do as he is pressing on and moving forward toward the finish line. All right, keep in mind here that Philippians is written about three years before Paul uh, is going to die. All right, so they believe AD 63 is around when Paul died. This is AD uh, 62, AD 65 when he died, AD 62 when it is written. So Paul is at the end of his life, really, and at the end of his ministry, and he is still, he is still pressing on to be more Christ-like each and every day. And this is what he tells us, how he is going to do that. Okay, so he says, brethren, I don't regard myself as laying hold of it, yet but one thing that I do is I forget what lies behind and I reach forward to what lies ahead. Okay, this, this right here, this, this is a moment where we can stop and we can, we can think about the importance of application that comes from these verses. All right, how often are we looking behind because the things that we really uh, get immediate gratification are the things that are just behind us? those sins that we still want to hang on to because the goal of Christ-likeness or the eternal life that we are striving for seems so much further away from us than those sins that bring us instant gratification right now. I mean, this is the world that we live in. We live in the world of instant gratification, I continually uh, think about Amazon. Amazon is working towards having same-day delivery. That you can get the gratification of hitting the buy now and that it will come to you. The algorithms and the, and the search. I mean, if you've been on social media, how crazy it is that you talk about vacuums and then you talk about something else and then, oh, oh, wait a minute. You start talking about that Dyson vacuum. Oh, the bagless vacuum. You know, the one where you put it across your carpet and you think it's super clean and then all of a sudden you are going to have this Dyson and you realize how much dirt is in there. Oh, I remember the first time we, my wife and I, we, we vacuumed the floor with, with a Dyson. We were like, oh, no. Well, here's the problem. I've just spent le- about a minute talking about Dyson vacuums, and I'm pretty sure my phone is going to be listening to me or my computer, and now my whole social media is going to be covered with Dyson vacuums. <laughs> I bet you because you're listening to this podcast, it'd be interesting for you to email me and tell me, does, does Dyson, Dyson vacuum show up on your social media feed? You see, the reality is that the algorithms that are all built into this world, everything that we see there is for the purpose of instant gratification. A pornography, uh, being able to go and to any internet site and take a look at pictures or, you know, go on whatever it is to find the instant gratification you need is available at your fingertips. You can take it with you wherever you want to go now on your phone. So here, what Paul's saying is everything that he strived for pre-Jesus Okay, all of these things, the, the law, the, the righteousness by works, all of these desires of his own life to be the best of the best, to be the most zealous in the Jewish law, to be, to be at the top, to be number one. All of that he has left behind. He's not even thinking about it anymore because his sole purpose, his sole desire, his sole goal is to be Christ-like to be conformed to Jesus and to know him, to know the power of his resurrection, to know that he is fellowshipping with the sufferings and that he is attaining the resurrection of the dead, 
There's no greater focus for Paul, and we have seen this already through the Philippians podcast, that Paul puts Jesus first at all cost, willing to sacrifice his own body for the purpose of the gospel, for the purpose of bringing glory to Jesus Christ, for the purpose of populating heaven and plundering hell, for the purpose of attaining eternal life. So Paul is not looking back. He's not looking back on those things that he did prior and and continually trying to grab onto them and hold on to them and be instantly gratified by them. No, he is pushing toward Christ-likeness. Now, don't get me wrong, in the book of Romans, that Paul tells us that he fights with his flesh. Just like you and I, we fight with our flesh, but it is through our mind. And this is what we're, where we're going to be heading into chapter 4, is looking at how important it is in the mind to be thinking and thinking straight about our circumstances, our desires, our passions, and to just keep our focus on Jesus Christ. Christ. All right, so we are to press on toward the goal, and we are reaching for and straining for what lies ahead. This is not something easy to attain. It is to constantly reach out. I, I think about it this way, is when, you know, you, you think you have it. I do this at home all the time. I'll, Jessica will ask me, she'll say, can you pass me the remote? And I will hold it out, and and she can just barely reach it. She can, and then and then as she kind of moves a little bit on the couch more, I'll move the remote back a little bit more, and then she's kind of reaching, and then she's got to fully get out of position to get that remote to attain what she so desires to to change the channel. Okay, so this is what it is. It's straining toward. It's reaching toward and striving to get to that goal. All right, so. You, it's work. It's work to strive to that goal. It's work to attain Christ-likeness. We call this, you and I, there's, there's some Christianese wording for this, and it is called sanctification. What we are to do through our life, through the power of the Holy Spirit as we live our lives, is we are to be sanctified. We are to be uh, set apart, sanctified, and to pursue Jesus at all costs, forgetting what lies behind. That's part of the sanctification process, is knowing that there's more joy and there's more satisfaction in attaining Christ-likeness than there is grabbing onto the instant gratification of sin. So we press forward. We don't look back. Think about this in running terms, okay? So uh, I'm not the fastest runner when it comes to the marathon races, but some of those men who run from Kenya and Ethiopia and Africa, those guys who win marathons, those guys who uh, win the Boston Marathon, the Chicago Marathon, some of the top marathons in the world, when they look back and they start to look back on the opponents behind them, they lose seconds, okay? And every second is so important when running the race. Uh, they keep their eyes focused on moving forward and not worrying about who's behind them. You'll see them as the, the race comes to the end if it's very close looking back, but that process slows them down because it takes them out of their proper running motion. And so they slow down to look back and they don't want to slow down because for some of these men, when they win these races, they are able to uh, plant uh, gardens and build buildings in their countries that, that help their towns. They, they need this money to help get them to, to live good lives. I, I would suggest to you to Google Wesley Corlar. He is a man that has... Uh, used the marathon and the races that he's won and the funds that he's won from these things to help build and, and develop programs in Kenya to, to save younger children from going into the militia. This is how important it is for them to strive toward the prize. They want to win. And that's what you and I need to do. 
You and I need to be people who are just pressing on and moving forward and not looking back. Don't look back on any of that. Everything that's behind you, it's not worth it. There's no, there's no glory and there's no joy in the things that you leave behind. There is great joy and great desire when we become more like Christ. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God is in Jesus Christ. Let us, therefore, as many are perfect, have this attitude. All right. And if anything, you have a different attitude, God will reveal this to you. Do you see what he's saying here? He's telling us that the mature, they have the same attitude as Paul. And that same attitude is to strive toward being like Christ. All right. All right. So he tells us that we want to mature and be more like Christ. Press on toward the goal. Have the understanding. Think about this, that your mindset is to be like Jesus. All right, now think about it now for a moment. We just pause again for a purpose of application because the sole desire here in the, of this week's episode is to know Jesus. Uh, are you mature enough that you can stop growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you sit at home right now thinking to yourself, I have attained all I need in my relationship with Jesus, and I don't need to grow anymore. I know all of the Bible stories. I know all of the books of the Bible. I can sing the song and rhyme off all 66 books of the Bible. I know where to find them. But have you attained the maturity to understand that your mindset is that I must pursue Christ at all costs, forgetting what lies behind. Because look at what happens. He says that if we don't have this attitude and mindset, that God will reveal it to them. That God will show us whether we truly have that mindset that we are pressing on to the upward call of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is what we, what we need to do. We, we need to be more and more like Jesus each and every day. There is no greater purpose for you and I. And we can know him, we can love him, we can strive after him when we conform to him. Okay, now, look at verse uh, 17. Brethren, join in following my example. Observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, uh, of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Oh, man. Well, that took a turn. That, that, that went from, hey, let's imitate Christ, let's become like Christ, let's forget what lies behind. And, and the example then becomes that there are first the imperative and in the, in the instruction is that follow after Paul. Okay, uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow after Paul and imitate him. Okay, so, and then it says, keep your eyes and observe others who live according to the same pattern that Paul does. Okay, so let me give you two examples right within the book of Philippians who are people that you can also look to as examples who are following in the same mindset, which is to be Christ-like. The two people are Epaphroditus and Timothy, which we looked at last episode where these two men were striving after Jesus Christ to be more and more like Jesus, sacrificing themselves. Epaphroditus almost died for the purpose of the gospel. And they both had a great love for the people of this church. And so these people, Paul, Epaphroditus, and Timothy, are people we should observe, we should look at as examples of people who, how, who are to live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. 
These are conducting themselves in a lifestyle that's worthy of the gospel and worthy of imitation. Uh, Paul, in Corinthians and in Thessalonians, he tells us that in Thessalonians especially, that the church was running so well in Thessalonians chapter 1 that they followed Paul, and in following Paul, they imitated Christ. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. This is the example that you are to follow. And so we're seeing this as we walk through these verses, that Paul is a good example of one that we can follow, follow in the pattern, follow in the example. But he warns us that there are also people that we need to watch out for, that there are people that they are enemies of the cross, and these people, they might look the part, they might talk the part, but they are enemies of becoming like Jesus Christ in his likeness. Why? Because their desires are to follow after their own appetite, to follow after their own desire, those who want them to be glorified themselves and take the glory away from God. And they set their minds on the things of the earth. Okay, do you, do you, see, do you see the difference? What Paul's telling us, okay, so he says, follow after me, follow after people like Epaphroditus and Titus. We are people who are willing to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are willing to die to be more and more like Jesus. We are people who are leaving all of our own desires, our own passions, everything that we strived after before Jesus behind. We're forgetting those things and leaving them behind because our mindset and our attitude and our pursuit is Christ likeness not like these enemies of the cross whose so desire is to get their wallets big and fat with their own desires their own passions they want the glory for themselves and they set their mind on the things that Paul Timothy and Epaphroditus Epaphroditus left behind you see it's so clear you cannot conform to be like Jesus if you pursue the things of the earth. Peter tells us that in the end, uh, destruction will come and all things, including the earth, will be burned up. There's, there's no pursuit purpose in pursuing these things. Uh, don't store up your treasures in heaven. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 tells us that true disciples take up their cross and follow after Jesus. Ch uh, Luke chapter 14, that we believers are to count it all a loss as followers of Jesus. Death to self. Romans chapter 6, believers die with Christ. They die to themselves, and they rise, and they walk in newness of life. Galatians chapter 2, believers are crucified with Jesus. We're, we're living a life that as we believe in Jesus, we're living for a faith in him. Life in Christ is counting all else a loss in the view of knowing Jesus. This is what believers do. We leave everything behind for the purpose of knowing Jesus. Let me look at let me give you uh, a couple of examples of what these leaders are described these these false leaders, these many who walk according to their own ways, okay? It tells them that one, uh, their end is destruction. Okay? Do you, do you see the difference in the in the goal, the end goal, uh, eternal life for those who pursue Christ and know him, uh, destruction for those who pursue the things of the earth. Okay, so their God is their appetite, all right? Their, their belly, their glory is their shame. They take pride in the things that they should be ashamed of. <laughs> uh, pause button. 
We're seeing this in the world today. We're seeing sin worshipped. We're seeing sexual sin worshipped. There's no shame in sexual sin. This is what we're seeing in the world. We're seeing people pursue their own truth, their earthly desires, everything that they want for themselves. They take pride in, in building themselves up in that way. When they should be ashamed for, for what's happening, they take pride. Yes, another victory. Another person canceled for following after the truth of Scripture. Those Christians, they need to change. They need to become more like us in the world. They need to be more loving and more gracious. God is not a God who judges all these things that we, we hear regarding pursuits of the things of earth, the, the way the world wants us to conform to them. But you and I as believers, we conform to Jesus Christ. When we conform to Jesus Christ and we know him, we know where we're going. These people who end his destruction, they set their mind on the things of the world. These are the people who get instant gratification out of stuff, out of earthly possessions, out of becoming rich and famous, becoming influencers. This is what blows my mind with the, the younger generation that I'm seeing now. Oh, my goodness. Here I go. Uh, I just turned 40-something. I flipped, I flipped over past the mid-40s. Am I becoming that guy Am I becoming that guy who, who looks back and can't quite understand the, the younger generation in which I've spent so much time working with as a, as a youth pastor in my, in my former days? Some of the greatest desires of the young people today are to become influencers on social media. They want the fame and the fortune that comes with having views on things like Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, Snapchat and whatever other social media program. These are pursuits of the world. To be rich and famous and have as many likes as possible and as many viewers and then as, as many people as you get liking your page, then you start to get paid money and advertising and, and you sell yourself to these advertisers in which suddenly you've got... Pepsi cans and all kinds of different stuff in the background as you're trying to live your life, but now you, you're owed to the advertisers to share with them. Pursuit of earthly things, pursuit of money, pursuit of fame, pursuit of power, all of those. The end is destruction for those. You can be the most famous person in the world and still spend eternity separated from Jesus. We're called to be Christ-like. We're called to pursue him. We're called to know him. Now, Paul's going to close out this passage, and he's going he's to share two verses with us, and, and he's going to tell us why the purpose is of us pursuing Christ-likeness. Two, two of my favorite verses in the book of Philippians. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory, by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Okay, so let's, let's just break this down quickly. Okay, so first and foremost, earth is not your home. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this is your temporary dwelling. You're a sojourner in this world. You're a visitor. Your true home is heaven. I've shared this example before, but I carry a passport in Canada so that I can travel, <laughs> could travel. 
uh, when I would travel to the United States or I've traveled to other countries, I would need that passport to show that, that my citizenship is Canadian. It's what gets me back into the country. It allows me to, to move around and people know where I'm from. When, when I travel to Israel for Israel tours, they give me a temporary visa where they put my picture on it, and that, that allows me to get into places like Jordan. But I'm a temporary visitor in Israel. I'm a temporary visitor in Canada. Uh, my true passport says Hevanese. That I live, and my home is heaven. And since my home is heaven, I must pursue Christ-likeness and know him. Look what it says. If my home is in heaven, what am I waiting for? I'm certainly not waiting for the things of the world to bring me the gratification. I'm waiting for Jesus Christ to return and bring me home. That, that's where I want to go. Look at the entire movie E.T., this is aging me now. The entire purpose of the movie E.T. was to get him home. Earth was not his home. He wanted to go home. Every time he, he wanted to go home, his finger lit up and he pointed, home, right? So he, his desire was to go home. That's Paul's desire. We saw that earlier. His desire was to be with Jesus, but he felt it was more important for him to be there for the church. Christ-likeness, our pursuit, is to be like Christ, to be prepared for when he comes back. Because this isn't our home. It's temporary. How exciting it is to know that we don't have to spend eternity here on earth. Oh, praise the Lord for that. Look what he'll do for us. When Jesus Christ returns, he'll transform the body, our bodies, from the humble state, and he will conform us with the body of his glory. Uh, by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. What did Paul want to know? He wanted to know the power of the resurrection, the same power that conforms us to be like him, that conforms us from the humble state into the same body of his glory uh, when we are in heaven. So where do we go from here? Well, do we have the mindset that we are to be like Christ? And if we are maturing and we are, do have that mindset to pursue Christ-likeness, is your life a shining example for somebody else? Is your life worth following, like Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ? When Paul says, follow Timothy and Epaphroditus, if Paul were walking on this earth today, would he include your name? Would he say, follow after Insert your name. Is your life worthy of being imitated? It's interesting in the church of Thessalonians that as the Thessalonians went out and they shared in chapter 1, they shared the gospel in a number of different locations that some people came to know Jesus Christ. That they truly did imitate Paul thus imitating the Lord, and then went out, and they saw others follow after them. So if your life is worthy of imitation, if it's worthy of being followed, who's following you? Who are you walking with in your pursuit of Christ-likeness? Are they seeing the true you? That sometimes you have difficult days in your sanctification process, or are they only seeing the Instagram version of you? Ah, because that's a different topic. 
a part of discipleship and being an example is allowing those who follow to see all of your life and not just the perfect pictures that you place on social media. The perfect family unit, the perfect marriage, the perfect Bible study practice, the perfect whatever it is, how it's presented on social media. True discipleship is allowing people to see it all. To see and be the example in the difficult days of when, man, it's really hard to walk in my faith. Today is not so easy to be suffering for the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I'm still pressing on because that's how people are going to learn. And we see that with Paul. We see that Paul, in all of his circumstances, he could find joy. I mean, think about how much we're learning from the example of Paul as we walk through this podcast each and every episode. This is my prayer for you is one that you would be a person that pursues Christ. That you have the mindset that you are to mature in Christ. Forget what lies behind. And then ask the Holy Spirit to show you if your life is worthy of imitation. Is your life worthy of other people to follow you as an example as you pursue Jesus? Father, we do thank you again for what we have seen in your word this week. I pray, Lord, from the bottom of my heart that we would be people that would be worthy of imitation. Lord, that people wouldn't follow us exactly, but that they would see you in us and follow you. That you would give us a heart's desire to be mature and be more Christ-like each and every day that we would forget what lies behind and be in full-on pursuit to know you. So, Father, teach us. Use the words of your scriptures to conform us to be more and more like you each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast by Preset Ministries Canada. Be sure to visit our website, presetministries.ca, to find a Bible study class or workshop that will give you the tools to know God deeply and live differently.